thanks for downloading this episode of Grilled, which is sponsored by Westlands. I'm Cara, the editor of The Staff Canteen, and in this episode, Tani, our deputy editor, talks to chefs and owners of Caracatea, Emily and Diego Ferrari. The couple opened their first solo venture a year ago, and they share their experience of running their own place and how their careers have shaped them as chefs and business owners with us in this episode. Hi, everyone. We are here today at Caracatea with Emily Rue and Diego Ferrari. Um, we're here to talk about how they got to this point today, how they built their successes and to pick their brains for a little bit of advice for you guys. Hi, Emily. Hi, Diego. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very well. Very good, thanks. It's lovely to be here. So you uh, opened Character pretty much a year ago. How are things? Um, yeah, so we'll be, the restaurant will be one on Friday. Brilliant. Um, definitely an achievement that we're really proud of and the year's literally flown by. Very quick. Yeah, it's come very, very quick. Um, you know, we're really proud of the whole team, of, you know, all the dishes that have gone out and, yeah, really happy of all our all our wonderful customers. Brilliant. And you were named um, top newcomer at the A London Hardens. Um Restaurant Awards a couple of weeks ago, so congratulations for that. You must Thank be. You. Um, so the the whole feature is uh, basically to to give people a little bit of inspiration and and tell them how you know you got from where you started off to where you are today. So my first question for you guys would be: Do you remember your first food related memory? So a moment where you thought, "Wow, this is you know this is outstanding." And you could have been you know two or three. Diego, where did you start? For sure, is a is a pasta for me. Uh, <laughs> is a, my my mom cook a, cook a lot of pasta every every lunch is a pasta at home. So it's something I uh, I really have in my head, and uh, yeah, really important for me. And and we work a, a carter uh, pasta, and and we try to 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 use uh, other ingredient and doing the same results of uh, yeah. of a plate of pasta. But it's tracing back to that that memory of the pasta that your yeah, yeah, mama yeah, made. Yeah. Lovely. How about you, Emily? Um, I don't think there's a specific dish either, but I've always loved food, <laughs> all food. <laughs> I mean, there's pictures of me eating snails at like the age of three, <laughs> oysters. Like, I, I used to eat everything. So, um... Yeah, food in general, just a passion for food. Yeah. And did you always know that you wanted to become a chef? Yes, I think from very early on, that was my dream. Yeah. How about you, Diego? Yes, me too. I started to look my mother and my grandmother cook really young. And uh, I always play with the pan when my mother cook. And yeah, I started uh, really young in a in a kitchen You're about and, 14. Uh, yeah 13 14 yeah, yeah. going just to check the service and Do take out the peeling. plate and chop the parsley or something like that yeah really. yeah what was the restaurant scene like at the time it was in milan wasn't it, it was near milan yeah it was a little little trattoria we called and uh, very simple food another uh, time pasta and uh, Made fish, uh, really, really simple, and mm-hmm. 
but it yeah. taught you the basics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what was your first experience of working in a kitchen, Emily? Um, so I was a lot older. Um, Were you doing well, unpa- actually, unpaid say, work at the Gavras? Well, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> saying that. I used to spend sort of Saturday nights um, <laughs> at Gavras. Um, I was about, yeah, 12, 13, actually. But, I mean, it was sort of they put me in a corner and I peeled for... Four hours I think straight. your dad told me stories yeah. about you peeling potatoes in, in the kitchen. Tomatoes <laughs> and potatoes, yeah. I, I just, I just loved sort of the the camaraderie and the team and yeah, yeah family. Yeah. Um, and so ha- what was your first uh, professional experience outside of family? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was well, first catering college. Um, so Institut Paul Bocuse, and then. So my first internship was at uh, Le Tra- no, La Table du Lancaster in Paris, mm-hmm. um, which was amazing. Yeah. I loved it. I yeah. really, really loved it. And because it was such a small team, so we were about six in the kitchen, um, I got a station straight away. So it was wow. you know, amazing for any, for any intern. Um, so you sort of got to learn things really, really fast. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Completely. At the deep end. Absolutely. And it, I, I loved it. Yeah, really loved it and got on really well with the team, and then it just you know progressed and progressed to where we are today. Brilliant. And you, Diego? You, so after Milan, you ended up going to Paris as well. Yeah, I started uh, in Paris and uh, Paris and Monaco, mm-hmm. and uh, I passed almost ten years. Yeah, in France, yeah. and then uh, you worked for um, Alain Ducasse. Alain Ducasse, yeah. yeah. And, uh, what was he like uh, to work for? It was a really, really nice experience. It was uh, really hard, especially in the beginning. But uh, I learned uh, a lot, a lot, mm-hmm. really a lot. Uh, if you had to sum up like the main takeaway that you got from your time working for Monsieur Ducasse. What I learned the most is the... the rigor. 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 Mm-hmm. Is the rigor. And the and the organization yeah. of you can have in the kitchen, and uh, and obviously the the the, the food. The, mm-hmm. the, the was he so? Was he working in the kitchen with you? Uh, it's not really working in the kitchen. It's a, a lot of restaurant, yeah, yeah. but uh, was uh, yeah, yeah was uh, at the restaurant almost every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, for every tasting and uh, even if there are no tasting it was 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 present yeah always checking, yeah, yeah right. always check or taste uh, and uh, yeah yeah and would you say that in your career so far he was your biggest mentor or could you name someone else that was very influential for you but for sure i was is 10 years for him is uh, yeah he's a, he's a really mentor and uh, i passed in another at the time, four years in Italy with David Oldani was uh, mm-hmm. really important for me as well. Yeah. And, uh, what did he teach you? But the same was uh, he, he worked in uh, in France and uh, in England as well for uh, a big name, uh, even for Ducasse. And uh, the same was, uh, was really passionate about the food and the organization in the kitchen. Was uh, really different because it was a really small kitchen. It was four when I started with him, and uh, with Lucas it was twenty-five. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's, it's not the same, but it was a really a different organization, and I think uh, 
it's really important to see because okay, today we are serving in the kitchen and the same is really small and you have to be really organized yeah do a good service yeah how about you Emily who would you say has been the most influential or shaping I mean I think each kitchen you you work in, you you pick up things. And yeah, you, you know, there's so much to learn in every single kitchen and different techniques. And so, from you know, from each internship, each work, it's taught me so much. Um, I mean, for sure, working at Monaco for Fernand Ducasse in the pastry section was just, you know, another world. It's it's precision beyond belief um you know it's the best quality products that you could ever find price is not an issue um so that's you know in itself amazing and probably something that you know you see very rarely in other restaurants yeah um and then i worked for akram in paris who's such a character um in in the in the best way possible he's extremely creative he's extremely um fun he he's very spur of the moment so he would sort of come in one morning and say okay what do we have in the fridge mm-hmm. and we're like are we are we changing menu today like are we wasn't quite aware of this and um he was like yeah we're changing menu <laughs> and it was literally 10 30 so um you wow. know he we'd bring out what was in the fridge and he'd just create something new um so that's that's amazing Ta- to tell you to because, think on your feet exactly and um and that's great to have that creativity, and he's he's pretty unique in that. Um, so yeah, I think every every everywhere I've worked has taught me something. Yeah, and looking at um, like practical things in the kitchen, Diego, can you remember the first dish of your own that you ever had on a menu, or at least can you remember how it felt to have your first dish on a menu? I I remember sort of like my first service, so I was promoted to sous chef at Akram. Yeah. Um, and sort of being on the pass for the first time and like you think it's easy mm-hmm. like you think it just sort of flows people bring you, make you it stuff look very and, easy. and you plate and, and that's it, it just rolls and I just thought oh my god like it's a whole different dynamic because effectively you're not cooking anything you're, you're dressing and but you're the one setting the tempo for everybody else in the kitchen and also for the room yeah so it's everything rests on you yeah it was so daunting those that first week at the pass it was incredibly difficult but um great challenge loved it yeah and how about um do you remember the moment where you nailed a particular technique that maybe you it took you a while to wrap your head around like i don't know like a knife skill or something that maybe took you six months to get perfect but do you remember that process and that that technique and could you talk me through it with well, the celeriac that we have on the dish uh, that we have on the menu at the moment um it took a long time to sort of yeah make it perfect we tried yeah, Tom. many times at home <laughs> um and it was always the cooking was either not enough or too much and the sauce was either too liquid or too heavy and there was quite a bit of back and forth thing for about what a month mm. yeah yeah one or two months um when it comes to things like that 
Is there any better advice than trial and error? Trial and error is, I think, <laughs> the, best, the best advice. Yeah, just do it again and again and again and again. To this day, is there a tool or a piece of equipment that you use in the kitchen that you could not live without? Maybe that electric pasta machine. Yeah, that's yeah, pasta machine, yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, we do a lot of, uh, of pasta, so he's, uh, he makes the... The easy way and uh, yeah, mm. and uh, it's for the timing as well. It's, it's really important. And uh, but we use today all the kitchen is induction, mm-hmm. so it's, uh, it's it's really different. But uh, after a couple of years, use the induction. It's really practical. And yeah, you can go back afterwards. When uh, you start to understand how how it properly works, yeah, properly yeah. works in the. And in terms of yeah, energy saving and cost saving, it's yeah. something else I imagine as well. Heat. Mm. It's very bad. Yeah. So would you agree? Yeah. <laughs> All induction. So you guys, um, did you meet at Monaco? Yes. At the weekends. Yes. Yeah. And have you? So you've you always worked together. So we didn't. We've never really worked together before mm. being at the restaurant because so I was in pastry in Monaco and Diego's in the kitchen so already it, it's separate from one another it's not one central kitchen mm-hmm. so although they're beside each other and very close we're not in the same mm. kitchen we've got enough going on to, exactly. to worry um, and then um, in Paris we never worked together mm. nor in London when um, you were working at Gavroche so this is the first time that we properly worked together yeah so how do you navigate that um, in terms of keeping your professional life and your personal life separate or is that not something you really have a, an issue with no we have we have to separate the two the two things I I think so when we when we close the door in the night of the restaurant we try to speak with something we try else to switch off we try. Yeah. it's, it's not, not it's easy. not always <laughs> easy of course but uh, we have we have to I think uh, yeah for, for focus mm-hmm. a bit on our own and not the restaurant 24 hours yeah of course. I think but because it's such you know a, a dream and a project that we've been working on for so long it's difficult sometimes to sort of turn switch that page off. and yeah. say yeah let's not talk about it anymore yeah, because it is such an important part of our life. And even if it was just one of you switching off from that, at the end of the day would be difficult. Mm. So yeah. both of you is probably very yes. tough. And how do you allocate uh, tasks in the kitchen? Who does what, and how do you decide on that? So essentially, so we we try test or think of the dishes together. Um, it's normally a spur of the moment idea that's then transformed into oh actually we could do this this and this and oh I think we should do this and um, we bounce off each other really well in that sense um, but the day to day running of the kitchen is, is all Diego okay and do you do you miss that would you like to to slip into that role a little bit more eventually um, or I suppose some days I miss it but if, if there's peas to peel or if mm-hmm. there's lots of mushrooms to wash don't call me <laughs> I'm sure an extra pair of hands so um, and so does that mean that you manage a lot of the sort of HR and admin and things as well I manage all yeah. of that a bundle of fun bundle of fun <laughs> bundle of fun it's good though so are you guys happy with everything and how your like the dynamic works yeah absolutely yeah, really. I think it works really well 
Um, and it, you know, it means that we both have a very clear image of where the business stands at every single point of the day yeah. throughout the week, the month, um, the year. Yeah. Emily, I have a question for you. Over time, have you found it difficult to shake the being Michelle Rue Jr.'s daughter, being part of the Rue dynasty, sort of? Have you found that customers expect something of you or have you found that you know you get a little bit of flack for being the daughter of a prominent chef because because people you know will will under underestimate how much of your own effort maybe yeah. went into I getting mean, to where you are there, there, there is that there has been a, you know a few customers that have come here and that have not enjoyed as much as I would have liked or who have been a little bit disappointed um, because they thought they were going to walk into a mini gavroche mm-hmm. um, and you know that that's sort of why we wanted to make it so different the colours are extremely different the menu is completely different the, the, the price point I mean we've tried to be different in every single way possible so that there was no possible confusion that you're nowhere near Gavroche and that this is not a rue restaurant um that being said it's very rare that people are really not happy yeah um and the very few customers that we've had I've, I've gone to talk to them and you know explained that you know that style of cooking is is not really us Mm -hmm. and that this is very much our own thing and that you know essentially I'm married and my name isn't Rue anymore (laughs) so you know at some point they have to detach from that yeah um but the the flip side of that you must get quite a lot of business from people that absolutely just want to eat here because they absolutely and um and we're very very thankful for that and you know 90% of them absolutely love it and come back day in and day out Mm -hmm. Um, but so far, no, it's been okay. Good. It's good to hear. Yeah. So we are um, approaching Mich- the Michelin Guide Week at a very fast pace. I can, I can tell you it's getting a little bit frantic TikTok, at the office TikTok. for us as well. <laughs> are you holding any hopes of getting in this year or is that something that you're not even thinking of at this stage? I mean, I think it would be, you know, it would be amazing. It would be a dream for any chef to to, to have an accolade um, like a Michelin star. If it's not for us this year, then who knows, maybe next year or the year after, you know, we won't, we'll continue doing our job, um, continue running the restaurant and making customers happy. That's essentially why we open the restaurant. Yeah. So um, if if we if we get the call, then that's absolutely amazing and we'll be thrilled. And if we don't, then we continue heads down and, and keep keep what we're doing. Is anyone going a bit stir crazy in the kitchen, sort of staring at the phone? No, not, <laughs> not no, not yet. We're you know we're we're trying to keep very calm about it. Mm. There's enough work to do anyway to keep yourself occupied. So um, yeah, yeah. And how about other restaurants? Is there any any anywhere that you can see this year is lined up to get a star for sure? Or two, I mean, or three. I've, I think a few of them are probably in on route for getting three. But mm-hmm. I mean, you just never know, do you? Well, I mean, regardless of whether or not you get a star this year or any time in the future, it's a 
it's a beautiful restaurant and you. wish you thanks all the best and the most success thank you very much thanks very much for taking thank the you. time guys we hope you enjoyed this interview and if you have any comments feel free to tweet us or comment on the post Uh, we're making all of our interviews available to download and finally if you like what we do whether it's our podcast or our videos or even our features please head over to our patreon page and support us there